This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Liz. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listeners, friendly reminder that we now have a Patreon. If you like what you hear, you can support the pod. Each week we release video casts of the episodes, mini bonus episodes, reviews of clips submitted by subscribers, behind the scenes content, merch discounts, thirst traps, and more. Support our work for as low as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash girls on porn. Welcome to Girls on Porn. I'm Laura. I'm Rachel. And we love porn. This is our porn review podcast. We talk about what we love and roast what we hate. Helping you find hot, ethical, just plain better porn for your spank bank. And we're looking at everything. Before we introduce the topic, we have a swollen little segment for you today. Mm, better get that checked out. <laughs> 69 seconds of sex news. We've pulled headlines from the news to keep you informed and horny. Here we go. We probably already knew this one, but having sex that ends in an orgasm can help you fall asleep faster. A study that was recently published in the Journal of Sleep Research found that coming after sex helped participants fall asleep after an average of 16 minutes. This is compared with 17 minutes for those who had sex and didn't orgasm, and 20 minutes for those who didn't have sex at all. You know, less impressive stats than I was hoping for. <laughs> Ukrainian citizens are getting on OnlyFans to help pay their bills. Shooting pornographic footage means risking up to five years of jail time under Ukrainian law. But with unemployment up 34% and an inflation rate of 26% since the Russian invasion, many citizens are taking their chances and signups are surging across the country. One woman interviewed said that she's now earning $4,500 a month in a country where the median monthly income averages around $400. There is also an international appetite for Ukrainian content. Poland saw an increase of 130% and Spain had a 600% increase for the search term Ukrainian porn. OnlyFans has generated $620,000 in taxes for Ukraine with that number set to rise as more citizens sign up. Who knew that OnlyFans could be helpful in the war efforts? Platonic erotic male bonding. Heard of it? The phrase refers to men lying next to each other naked on the beach with their legs spread wide, allowing the sun to reach their genitals and buttholes. The founders call this practice intimate, but not sexual. They said that same-sex bonding through acts like butthole sunning is innate. It's natural and it's beyond gay or straight. It's a vitamin that we need. Taint life grand. Uh. Oh, taint it just. You know, taint it black. (laughs) (laughs) You know, taint it black, you know, burn it red. (laughs) Yeah, that classic Rolling Stones song. Yeah, Uh, familiar with it. Taint with numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Finger tainting. (laughs) Uh, Say it taint so. (laughs) (laughs) Say it ain't taint. Say it it taint so. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) 
People love singing that song for karaoke. They're just classics, you know? Yeah. We're all familiar. So this is a good kickoff for today's topic because I feel a little hysterical. So do I, weirdly. I have no reason to, but... No, it's good. I like this place. Especially when we're both <laughs> like in this it. Place. The taint is the place we're talking about. We like uh-huh. this place. <laughs> we come we to this place. feel safe here. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the AMC monologue about taints, huh? We I'm gonna write that. To Maybe that <laughs> we come to this place for magic. <laughs> we come to this place to get lost and also be found. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Okay. You'd think this was the weed app or something. I feel good nope. about it. I like, say- <laughs> again, I'll I say it before, I'll say it again. I like this place. I like when we're a little goofy, a little hysterical, a little yeah. high. We're, we're both on being the verge. High. We're both on the verge of a summer vacation. So we're like we're both, giddy. <laughs> it's senioritis. We're ready to fucking go. Yeah. We're barely here, but we're yeah. here when we're doing it. And we're doing great, frankly. Yes. So watch it. <laughs> hysterical literature. <laughs> So is we the should, topic. It's yes. the topic. We should get out in front of it, yeah, and explain okay. that this is this is a sort of unusual episode because we're fully just yes. this is just an advertisement for <laughs> <laughs> like a piece of art, essentially. Yes. For Clayton Covet's art. You're welcome, Clayton. Yeah. So historical literature was a series of videos that began in 2012. Yes. Where on YouTube of all places. On YouTube deliberately, which I love. Yes. Clayton was like, yeah, I can get around those community guidelines and still make something highly sexual that technically isn't porn. Mm-hmm. The premise for the concept, we'll set it up here and then we can talk about hysteria and then we can get back to the videos. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So the premise for hysterical literature is that it's a series of women reading books. Yes. And while they're reading those books, they're sitting at a table mm-hmm. and under the table, they're being stimulated by a vibrator. Yes. And... Some of them come and some of them feel embarrassed or Uh excited. But the idea is this sort of duality of them resisting the pleasure while trying to like Mm. continue reading, but then giving into the pleasure. They they stop reading when either they're too distracted or fatigued. Yes. (laughs) And then at that point, they, which is actually weirdly my favorite thing, is they restate their name and what they read. Yes, that like they finish the video by being like, and my name is, and I was reading. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go into the actual videos and more details around that, we should probably talk about female hysteria, right? Because that's what this was inspired by. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to blow your mind, Rachel, but (laughs) I wasn't aware until fairly recently. I don't know how recently, but. You know, we all love that fact, or what we thought was a fact, that uh, in the Victorian era, vibrators were used as a medical treatment for hysteria. Yes. Mm-hmm. Turns out the theory may not hold water. Oh. Were you aware of this? No, I wasn't aware of this. So I found an article in The Atlantic from 2018 that references a study out of the Georgia Institute of Technology mm-hmm. where two, like, sex researchers... Mm-hmm pretty like sufficiently demonstrate that there isn't really evidence of the medical Victorian orgasm. Like the main theory around this was built on a book called The Technology of Orgasm from 1999. Mm. And basically like everyone got so excited about the idea that 
women would be like treated for hysteria with, or like there's such a like, it's so crazy it could be true. Like there's so much about it that tracks. Like it's an insanely yeah. patriarchal time. Hysteria, which we'll get into, like isn't really a medical issue. No. But if you're like a frustrated Victorian woman and your doctor gives you an orgasm, you'd be like, yeah, I feel better. Can I do yeah. that again? Right. So it like tracks, but there was largely like a medical rejection of electronics and like tech mm. in medicine at the time. Like medical organizations like didn't even like massage tools used for like physical therapy. Mm. And the theory in technology of orgasm is sort of loosely that like they didn't consider a female orgasm to be sexual or to even exist. Like it wasn't an orgasm. It was just, oh. but there's just not like, there's just not sufficient proof of it, which is oh. such a fucking bummer. Yeah. Because it was one of my favorite theories. But basically, these two researchers wrote a paper being like, look, this is about a lack of peer review. Like, everybody got so excited about this theory. Mm. The peer review, the, like, digging into the sources was really thin. And the author of the book, Technology of Orgasm, has since walked back the theory being like, oh, well, I just... I just said maybe, but, like, the text is pretty Mm. clearly like, this is what happened, you know? Yeah. And kind of tried to backpedal. And... Just people largely have it like noticed. You know, yeah. I think the like viral power of the theory was stronger than the viral power of the dispute, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. I'm choosing to believe that that they were using vibrators. You're to just do that. choosing to yeah. believe? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna choose to believe. Okay. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna choose to believe it. Because, like, think about all of, like, the great, like, movies and books and plays that were, like, yeah. inspired. You know? Yeah, there's a Pulitzer finalist play that's come out of it. And, yeah. like, even that is kind of, like, worthwhile and, like, the themes yeah. of the play explored. Yes, of course. But yeah. I think both could be true. Like, like something, like, a theory that doesn't hold water can still inspire some interesting conversations, for sure. Totally. Yeah. I... I'm also just kind of, like, fascinated on, like, the idea of, like, what porn is, you know? Oh, okay. Like, he... So, Clayton Covet, like, specifically chose YouTube because it gets around... The idea of this gets around community guidelines because there isn't any explicit nudity. hmm But watching this, like... It's, it's like, incredibly it really intimate. Makes, yeah, and it's intimate, and it's also, like, some of the most, like, real orgasms... That I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, you can't really fake it. Mm-hmm. I, also, what would the point be of faking this? You know, yeah. it's not for, I guess it, it goes back to the idea of what the intent is, right? Of yeah. like when you're making something. Mm-hmm. But but does that take away, even if it even if it's made without the intent to turn you on and you're still turned on by it, <laughs> you know, like is yeah. that does it mean it's not porn? You know? Yeah. Just an interesting little conundrum. Yeah, it's. I love that we're constantly talking about like what yeah. porn is, and I think we usually are like, yeah, it's a graphic depiction of a sex act. You know, like we're seeing, right? We're seeing the sex act. We're, mm-hmm. but like this poses an important question. That's like, okay, so nudity is required. We need to like see the because gen- we're seeing the sex act, but we're not actually seeing the stimulus. You know, right. like we're not seeing the vulva. So right, which is mo- hotter to me. You know, yeah, yeah, is the intimacy in their real expressions, mm-hmm. and also that there is sometimes there he's breaking down shame around female sexuality. He's sort of 
dealing with the body versus the mind. Yeah. You know, like how mm-hmm. to focus on reading and ignore your body. And then when do you, what, what, at what point do you give in to it? Yeah. I think what's really fascinating about it for me too is that this is female sexuality that mm-hmm. manages to skirt objectifying the woman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yes. so rare because mm-hmm. it's, it's not about her body as an object. She's reading, so she's, like, inherently more human. <laughs> Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. Than if we were just watching her, like, get fucked. But it's mm-hmm. so much about her sexual response yeah. and her intimate, like, emotional response to this sex act that mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of, I mean, I'm, hats off, honestly. Uh, yeah. There's also something about art and sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, that's at play here. Yeah. Yeah. And he talks about, too, wanting it to, like, look high-end, to be, like, mm-hmm. austere and black and right. white, like, no yes. nudity. Portrait. Which is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He th- there's a, a little tidbit that says it explores feminism. This is the, like, art school bullshit ex- explanation yeah. of what it is, right? Like, we always mm-hmm. got to get one of those when we're, like, at a gallery, what have you. Right. Because so, someone's like, got to ask, what are you trying to do here? You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's, like, half of what being an artist is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just I think it's just being, like, that. talk big about your work. Yeah. Um, is that it explores feminism, mind-body dualism, mm-hmm. distraction portraiture, and the contrast between culture and sexuality. Yeah. Which I think is great art school bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. mind-body dualism is interesting because I'm like, yep, that's just it. Like, we're trying to work against the thing that's, like, happening down below. Mm-hmm. Distraction portraiture feels like something made up. Like, we just made yeah. that up. Like, I, I don't know that that's, like, a format anywhere but porn where, like, yeah. ignoring and, like, ignoring. distraction yeah, porn distraction. is, like, its own genre. Uh-huh. But I love that. I love just yeah. kind of, like, stamping some terms on it, you know? There's also, like, if we were to think about it as porn, there's a lot of other things at play here that would make it be hot to the viewer, mm-hmm. you know? There is an element of forced orgasm. Yeah. There is an element of ignoring. There is an element of almost like stuck porn, like dubious consent a little bit. Yeah. Like kind of like gray area. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, if I'm gonna if we're gonna argue about like if it's porn or not, or like what makes porn porn, I'm like those all of those things, all those elements are at play here. So I'm like, yeah, it's I it is sexy to watch, you know? Mm-hmm. It is titillating. Yeah. It's the resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's anytime you're watching someone like try not to give in to something and then you see them enjoying it despite those very valiant efforts. It's fucking hot. Tension. It's like, it reminds me of, you know, like when you're in acting school and everyone's like, oh, how do you play drunk or fucked up? It's like, well, you try to act sober, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you have to fight the drunk. Yeah. 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 It's that like contradiction of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I I find it fascinating and I think it's, it reminds me of, Oh, God, I can't remember what it's called now, but there's that one platform that's basically just, like, close-ups of people's faces when they're orgasming. Mm, I don't know which one you're talking about, but it's all like right up our alley. Aer- aerially, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, while they're, like, laying on a bed. Yeah, this sounds familiar, but I can't. Oh God, I can't remember what it is now. It's horrible of me. That's okay. You're generally the one who remembers names and everything. So if you miss one today, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but it's it's was probably like very much inspired by it. Also important to note, just because we talked about Andy Warhol recently in the Golden Age of Porn, like mm. the, his blowjob video, which was a big inspiration. Yeah, yeah. For this, yeah. Clayton Cupid talks about that as being an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
See, I can get on board with Andy Warhol for his more scandalous, lesser known works. It's all the yes. shit they put in museums that I'm like, I, I could give a shit. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff that he was making that was the actually Campbell making fun of. Yeah. This, yeah, like the pop art is actually a comment on the art world, whereas like everything else right. is far more compelling and subversive right. to me. Yeah, like just a close up of someone's, of a man's face while he receives a blowjob, you know. That's yeah. the kind of porn I'm trying to watch. <laughs> I know you are. I know this about actually, you. I also want to say that I find it fascinating the idea that like i don't know there's this there's this rhetoric or this this idea out there that women sort of need some level of like emotionality in order to have an orgasm mm. or there needs to be some sort of like connection and oh, i feel like yeah. this really goes against it yes because i'm like that's not true actually like i actually yeah. don't believe that that's true like everyone always yeah. says well and i do sorry i do believe it comes from men who like to be like well it's harder for a woman to come because they need like they need to be like really like mentally and emotionally connected it's a lot harder for them and that's why there's an orgasm gap and it's like no actually you just don't want to do the work that's involved <laughs> like yeah because yeah. You, there's a physiological challenge that if you're right. not up to task you can like blame the fact that you're not intimately close to that person but like that's not it you know no, if you're intimately close it. to that person you might learn how they come exactly yeah, that might be a result of like having an emotional connection with someone right but that ain't it yeah, yeah. like there's so many men that love to be like well it just takes women a lot longer because they need to have like you know x y and z yeah and I'm like, actually, no, that's not true because look, these minutes are like six minutes long and a lot of them get off. Yeah. Not even thinking about anything hot. Yeah. With no stimulus, no like emotional yeah. stimulus. I mean, some with of them With a camera do. on them and like a crew in the room. Yes. And literally. if anything, like trying not to come. <laughs> right. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can we briefly talk a little bit more about quote unquote female hysteria? Because there's just some really interesting <laughs> yeah, shit that yeah. goes all the way back. Yes. So one of the first references to it goes back mm -hmm. way further than I would have thought. 1900 BC. Yeah. In ancient Egypt, the first descriptions of hysteria within the female body were found recorded on a Cayune papyri. Mm. Freud claimed that hysteria was not anything physical but at all, but an emotional internal condition mm. that could affect both men and women. So that was actually like part of the revolutionary things that right. Freud had to say at the time. But he also was like, oh, it's caused by previous trauma that mm. led to the, like, effect of being unable to, like, enjoy sex the normal way. And then it, like, gets into, the, like, the Oedipus complex. Yeah, of course. There were different approaches to healing it. Mm. In the 1850s, Silas Weir Mitchell used the, the rest cure, which sounds good initially. We're like, you just need to lay around a bunch. Like, that's great. Yeah. But it was a very strict avoidance of, like, all physical and intellectual activity. <laughs> so it was, like, locking women away and being like, you can't fucking move. Like, that's gonna make you feel better. Like, right. Like, hysteria to me is so obviously a symptom of the patriarchy, right? Like, it's a symptom yeah. of, like, being objectified and in a form of property right. and having no agency over your own fucking life. Of course you're gonna lose your fucking mind. And they're like, right. you must be hysterical if you yes. want to have autonomy, <laughs> you know? Right. So that instead they, like, locked people up. And Mitchell's technique was the inspiration for Charlotte Perkins Gilman's The Yellow Wallpaper, which is a psychological horror story about the, like, deterioration of this woman's brain because she's, like, forced to be in isolation by her doctor. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Which is, which is kind of delightful. It's just kind of wild that all this is, comes down to husbands being like, I don't know, my wife's being weird. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Know? 
Yeah. I don't know. She's being weird. She doesn't want to fuck me anymore. Yes. Something's wrong <laughs> up with it, you know? Yeah. There was also a theory that connects to hysteria where they called it the wandering womb. And this goes all the way back to ancient Greece. Oh. Basically, the idea of being like, uh-oh, your, your womb, like the place where you carry your baby is like wandered around your body. Like it's been it's like- wandered off. <laughs> it's like it's wandered off. Like you're, it's just the it weirdest- I don't know. It's going to go see what your liver's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then Edward Jordan in 1603, author of The Suffocation of the Mother, used hysteria as an explanation for, like, any mysterious medical issue that a woman might be facing. Facing. And he said that hysteria caused the wandering of the womb around the body and that it was a source of witchcraft, of course. Mm, Naturally. And this often, like, came up in, like, witchcraft trials and he would be like an expert on the subject of the wandering womb bring in the expert <laughs> bring in the expert he's like yeah actually her womb has wandered off yeah i have no evidence to support this but i am an expert yeah <laughs> yeah oh, oh the audacity boy. um should we do our fun little showdown twist yes do you want to tee up the twist yeah so our lovely intern erica shout out she thought it would be fun to find different titles of commercial vibrators. Over the years. Over the years. And we love this. (laughs) Yeah, because some of them are really silly. Okay, first up, (laughs) La Vida Electric Vibrator. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly inspired living La Vida Loca. It must have. Must have. Uh, I'll start with... She will wear you out. Oh, lovely. Okay, I'm going to start with this. Okay. A short and sweet, simple one. Just the Vibra King. Oh. We named it King. Of course. It couldn't be Queen. My little vibrator daddy. You know, I've got to be straight even in my masturbation. (laughs) This inanimate object needs to have... A male identity. Yeah, male pronouns. Okay. (laughs) The Barker Vibrator. Oh. (laughs) The Barker. Certainly just getting ahead of the noise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, must be. In my mind, I was like, it's loud, but they're embracing that. (laughs) Woof, woof. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good, it'll make her bark. You know? There you go. There's a way to... I don't know, Doc, my wife's barking. (laughs) (laughs) What can you do for her? She won't fuck me and she's barking. (laughs) Uh, Next up here, I've got Stimulax. Mm. Sounds like a laxative, but what they're they're trying to do... I think this is why this is we haven't so stimulated. Haven't heard of it today. <laughs> You're so stimulated, you'll finally be able to poop. <laughs> That's also important, you know. Yeah. That's important. I don't know, Doc. My wife's backed <laughs> up. <laughs> I like this character you have going of just the husband bringing his wife to the doctor. I don't know, Doc. She's barking. <laughs> I don't know, Doc. My wife's backed up. She can't poop. I don't know, Doc. My wife won't come. She just yeah. won't do it. She won't fuck me. <laughs> She's not allowed to speak. <laughs> of course not. Not in this scenario. No. Okay, what's next? Vigors horse action saddle. Vigors yeah. horse action saddle. I like this. Wow. It sounds like it's going to be like the... Early like Sivian? Early Sivian, yeah. Yeah. Dick. Did I, ever t- did I ever tell you that when I worked at Queen of the Night that I met this woman who was like a VIP patron and we were like talking to her or whatever and it turns out that she invented this thing called the Gnarly Rider, which was basically like a pool toy that like also vibrated when you sat on it. 
And she was like, rich? Yeah. Amazing. I'm proud of this woman. The gnarly writer. The fact that I haven't heard of the gnarly writer, but she's still like made a killing. Yes. First personal floating sexual stimulation device. <laughs> a silicone saddle that retrofits to an aquatic elongated noodle type flotation device. Wait, I might need this. Oh my God. Okay. Let's finish the showdown and Sorry, then I'm going to okay. buy this on the break. Legit. Okay. <laughs> Next, I have. Uh-huh. Electropathic belt. Oh, a belt. Which is, it sounds like one of the ones that's kind of trying to pass itself off as something else. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. They're like, we just want you to feel better. Yeah. It's just a belt. That's it. <laughs> uh, last one for me. Dr. John Butler's electro massage machine or electric manipulator. Oh, very nice. This is perfect because I also have two doctors. So we got Dr. John. Oh, great. Perfect. For me, we got Dr. Scott's electric flesh brush, oh. which sounds as much like a torture device as it does yeah. a fun <laughs> thing. It sounds like something I would buy for my cellulite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dr. Wilson's electric belt for ladies. Oh. Back to the belt. Yeah, we got to call it a belt. Yes, to make everyone feel safe. Everyone feel comfortable. Like, it's, listen, we're not going all the way down there. We're staying at the waist. <laughs> Don't you it's worry. It's just a belt. It's just a belt. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, so the first vid we're going to talk about is session number one, um, hysterical literature, which is Stoya, yeah. who's reading um, Necrophilia Variations by Supervert. And to be clear, we're just going to touch on three of these. Right. Just to give you a little taste, we sort of like picked a s- diverse sampling of yeah of these, but um, there's 12? 12. 12. Available on YouTube. And at the website, hystericalliterature.com, like you can yeah. link right to them. And, and with that come like little essays and responses to the exercise, like from the women themselves too, which is great. So Stoya kicks us off. Yes, she does. It's the balmy summer of 2012. I don't know when uh-huh. it is. I mean, it's 2012, but I don't know if it's summer. <laughs> But it, this was the first one, and it went viral. Went like very, very, very viral very yeah, quickly. Like 16K views, or 16, sorry, 16 million views. It has 28 million now. Now, which is yes. crazy because considering how it's, like, probably more than any other mm-hmm. of her videos. So she reads um, Necrophilia Variations. And what's kind of fascinating about all of these is, and something that I love, again, going back to the, this idea that, like, women don't need all the bells and whistles to get off. Like, there's nothing really particularly sexual 
about any of the literature they're reading. You know what I mean? Like, they're not really reading, like, Anais Nin, you know? Yeah, they're not reading, like, erotic passages necessarily. Like, some of them are kind, like, might be centrally charged. Like, yeah. You could look for it in necrophilia, but like right. it's, we're not like reading erotica. We're not reading No, porn. we're not reading Fifty Shades of Grey. You know? Exactly. We're just reading literature. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so this one is six minutes and 52 seconds. I was fascinated at how long they all were. Mm. And she's very focused. And around like four minutes in, we got like a really like hard exhale. Yeah. Because you kind of forget like when it starts. Yeah. It's kind of great when it starts and you're like... Oh, we're just reading, and you kind of yeah. get used to it, and then you're like startled. Like it's and the element of it's like surprise. Four, it's usually like four or five minutes in, and all of these that like yeah. everyone's like, <sighs> yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know that. I'm familiar with that sound, mm-hmm. you know, and that feeling. Yeah, yeah. So, and then she's kind of starts to like grip the table and like kind of shake a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's also something really fascinating that happens with her fingers. Yes, that I don't yes. know if you watched. It's like almost like. She's sort of, like, flexing that, like, like reaching and then coming, like, they all have really interesting fingers. Like, sometimes they'll, like, yeah. put it down on the table yeah. and grip. And I think uh-huh. Stoya's, like, yeah, how would you articulate what she's doing? She's sort of, like, her fingers are sort of, like, reaching up and, like, it's, like, almost, like, it looks almost, like, balletic. Like, it's, like, yes, you know what I mean? they're both, like, reaching but tense, yes. but they're sort of somehow still elegant. Yeah. Her fingers are articulated is, like, yes. what we would call it in ballet, which, like... To me, it's, like, the equivalent of, like, a toe-curling orgasm. Yes. It's, like, a finger-curling, yes. you know? You can see the tension of the orgasm and the, like, yeah. pleasure in her fingers in a really cool way. Yeah. Stoya's also got a really gorgeous, like, giggly quality yes. that, like, I know that if it's fake... Rachel would be out the door, yeah. but it's not, it's definitely not. It's like very real and like warm and like the element of surprise is present in the way that she's laughing right. in response to her feelings. So it all yeah. just feels very natural and authentic and like irresistible, you know? And there's also like an absence of shame. Yeah. That yeah. I really like. Mm-hmm. And she like laughs while she comes and she's like grinning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like pure. It's very pure. It's very, it's incredibly endearing. It's fucking Mm -hmm. hot. Like, I remember the first time I saw this. I don't remember where I was. I just remember being like, holy shit, what is this? Right, right. You know, just so striking. Yeah, and then she, like, laughs and she, like, tosses, like, her hair is, like, tousled and she looks, like, flushed and she's smiling and she, you know, kind of, like, exhales and, like, says her name again on what she was reading. And I was like, this is sexy, you know? Uh Like, there's just something about it that's so, yeah, like, pure, you know? Yeah. That I really dig. Yeah. I'm really into. Yeah. The session six with Soleil. Mm-hmm. She reads Beloved by Toni Morrison. Mm-hmm. And this one is six minutes and 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. And what I really loved about this one is that Soleil is trying so hard to stay focused. Yes. The commitment like, to, yes. like, the task is especially yes. fierce from Soleil, Soleil fights I feel like. It. Yes. Yeah. More so than Stoya did. Yeah. Really trying to, like, push through. But it's almost like the fight makes it happen more intensely sooner. Did you get that sense? Yeah. Yes, because there was, like, yeah, there was some tension. There was some, and there was, like, so much, like, concentration, like, brow furrowed. And there was a moment where Sully was like, I'm sorry, sorry." you know, like, apologized. Like, got, like, really flustered. And there was, like, a little bit of, like, shame sprinkled in, I feel like, Mm. with that. That, like, kind of made it more exciting for me. Or, like, more relatable, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting because she also wrote a, like, beautiful 
yes. little essay, like, commenting on the experience mm-hmm. and what that was like and even ties it into Beloved and the literature. And what stood out to me is that she has a little postscript in her note yes. about, like, that's to her parents. Mm-hmm. That's like, I hope that you're proud of me like I hope that you see the merit in this the like importance and the like revolution in this and like hope the conservative like conservative church folk don't like seep into your psyche and that you can just like love me and see this right thing that I was a part of which I thought was really striking and almost ties into this sense that there's like a little hint of shame in the exercise that we could sort of see on her face and her body right but it was very hot yeah it seemed like she really gave into it ultimately there was also a moment where, like, she, like, almost was, like, ripping the book. Too, <laughs> yes, yeah, like, it, like, yeah. gets, like, sort of almost, like, caught in her hands and just kind yeah. of becomes, like, an object of the exercise, yeah. you know? And then she, like, afterwards, like, says her name, and she was like, oh, my fucking God, that was the best thing of my life. And I was yeah. like, yeah! <laughs> you yeah. know, like, this is what we're looking for when we're looking for, like, the female orgasm. Yeah, and um, I love that you get to see, like, how fun it was for yeah. her and like for all right. of them mm-hmm. and then we get Fess, yes who is reading in french which was yes. i thought like a lovely twist mm-hmm. we have subtitles mm-hmm. but just like hearing i mean we've talked more before on the show that we're like just yeah. speak in another language like it's sex it's like hot is, yeah. to like not know what you're saying right Fett reads the loser by thomas bernhard mm-hmm. and this one's 12 minutes yeah. In 15 seconds, almost yeah. twice as long as the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I really enjoyed because it was like you forget when you start these, like what the point is, you know, like you're yeah. just like, kind of listening to the story. Yeah. And then, you know, we get like the starting to breathe heavily and gripping the table and like almost like had there was a feeling like it was almost like she was like fighting it. Yeah. She, you know? it's all this one, it was less like a, head-on conflict and more like she was like i'm gonna take a second and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. handle this and come back to the book is almost how it felt she like grabbed onto the chair and like the book (laughs) is still open and she's like holding the chair and the table and it's like she's like yes we're just gonna ride this out and Uh then we're gonna return like that's kind of how it felt we'll be fine yes but then she just ended up just like luxuriating in the feeling yes. and like just leaning into the chair and like staying uh-huh. in the experience and then eventually she just closes the book yes, like fuck the book. she literally like slams it shut and like literally like leans on the table it was like yeah just goes back to the she thing she was just like i am switching it. tasks now you know which was yeah. kind of delightful yeah. that there was like a choice to be like no we're going all in mm-hmm. on this now yeah it was know, a fun also, journey yeah i loved that and then she sort of like rides the wave of like an orgasm you know mm-hmm. like i don't know if you've ever experienced this but especially if it's like I'm like edging, you know, oh, like yeah, when you like yeah. you come and then you're like am I going to come again? Like Oh yeah, that's <laughs> most know? of the way I like to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is to be a little greedy and to be like right. I'm just going to keep if you I'm just going to keep doing this if that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or just with myself obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and then afterwards, you know, she says her name and then I love that there's like still some like post that we get the camera still rolling and she's like i'm so so, i'm so sweaty i'm so warm oh my god yeah she's wearing like a full sweater like they're all fully clothed it's not like they're like any of them are more scantily clad particularly but in that one i was like wow yeah that's a lot of clothing to be wearing while you come come to think of it you know right like you'd be dripping in sweat yeah yeah it's incredible how similar they are but how you can see these tiny little distinctions and how it's like really just fun to notice that and the like dimension Mm -hmm. of it is like what gives you that authenticity and surprise and like the delight of it you know yeah they were all both really 
hot and it was just like very genuine and pure. And I love that you said that you were saying like that you get greedy when you edge because <laughs> yeah. it, there is sort of like a selfishness or like a greediness about like at the point that you like just fully give in. Yeah. You know, in these videos and like yeah. let yourself go there. And I, and that's, that's when I'm like, oh, this is hot, you know? Yeah. And I imagine exciting. if this I was doing this, I'd be mm-hmm. similar to Fett, where like at some point I'd be like, fuck the book. Yeah. I'm not going to say my name uh-huh. when I'm reading. I'm going to let yeah. this happen for as long as I want it to happen. Yeah. And then eventually I'll end the yes. video for us. But yes. that there's a nice moment of control there where like mm-hmm. you're presumably just going to have this vibrator on you and you can just enjoy that and like let it be right. your fucking moment, however you want it to be, you know? Right. Like that was really really delightful i thought yeah for sure yeah yeah great stuff honestly love highly recommend if you guys haven't checked it out you should give it a watch for sure yeah um yeah gonna go read a book now you know (laughs) yes yeah well thanks so much for listening to girls on porn you can find us on instagram and tiktok at girls on pern you can find us on youtube youtube.com slash at girls on porn you can find us on twitter at gop the podcast on our website girls on porn.com on patreon patreon.com slash girls on porn and just for fun i recorded recently a special little reading of some erotica just to be on theme for this subject if y'all like it we can keep it going but um little spicy bedtime story waiting for you on patreon very soon if you happen to check us out don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and hey you know we get a lot of sex negative comments on the podcast and that sucks for us (laughs) (laughs) so if you like the show give us a little five-star review and drop your instagram handle and we'll tag you and thank you this has been girls on porn the only gop that can make girls come (laughs) that was a headgum podcast